0: Welcome, to Believer Readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue, such as, like a bad guy is drowning, better tread water. And when a villain makes a mistake, didn't they teach you anything at bad guy school? Here to provide analysis for those lines and so much more is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie?
1: I'm feeling really good. I'm, I'm feeling really good about the summaries that I wrote for this podcast, and it's been very sunny here in Michigan for many days in a row, and that... Is rare.
0: So I read these books a while ago and we started the summaries and then we sort of put them back because we got a little out of sorts with our <laughs> scheduling and we did things in kind of a wacky order. So who really knows what day or what month it is when this thing's being released? <laughs> Probably March, but it is what it is. Speaking of March, this first book is from March of 1981. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider Man 214. Then Shall We Both Be. Betrayed by Denny O'Neill, John Ramita Jr., and Jim Mooney.
1: James B., your segues are so much better than mine, as always. <laughs> as a Spidey saves an unconscious drunkard from the fire atop his apartment building, the wizard and his mysterious patron watch on from a distance. The wizard's backer decides to enact a new plan. Because of the apartment fire, Peter finds himself in an incredibly nice hotel with his beautiful neighbor coming by for a visit. They snuggle and watch some TV while another prison breakout occurs using a flood as cover freeing the Trapster and Sandman who are in their cells in their supervillain outfits, which, you know, always makes me think of Scorpion. To make him more comfortable, he needs his outfit. So (laughs) I guess that's like the thing. Anyways, uh, Namor knows the villain's backer and says he must strike. He flies off and crashes through the wall of the hotel room of Peter's latest beautiful love interest.
0: Okay, Eddie, this beautiful girl has been featured in two or three issues now, and she remains nameless. Uh, She seems harmless, but she appears to be mixed up somehow with Namor. I was really hoping there would be a brunette to talk about in the complicated ladies of Peter Parker's life segment, but this seems now to be in doubt. Why don't you just continue with the summary,
1: Thankfully, Spidey saw the Prince of Atlantis, and a slugfest begins. From a rooftop nearby, the Frightful Four and their shadowy backer watch. When a lull in the fight occurs, we see Namor's nemesis, Lyra, is the one who reassembled the Frightful Four. Stunned by the revelation, the wizard blasts the gobsmacked heroes with a gun that's worse than death, and they writhe in pain as
0: the book ends. Yeah, this villain Lyra claims she killed Lady Dorma, Namor's love interest, If this is true, you would think he's all about some serious revenge. But all he says to her is, you, I might have known you would appear hence. I I, I thought the same
1: thing. I can only imagine there's a much more complex story here that I'm not getting. I mean, we did get a flashback where Neymar talked about what happened. But
0: yeah, why is he more upset? Maybe we'll find out in the next book which is from April of 1981. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 215. By my powers shall I be vanquished. Story by Denny O'Neill, art by John Romita Jr. and Jim Mooney.
1: With pain searing through their bodies, Spider-Man and Namor are helplessly at the feet of the frightful four plus one, the Lyra. Sandman and Trapster take some cheap shots. At the fallen heroes but when the police show up this gives spidey a chance to web up some eyes and the wizard's gun the frightful four are frightened by the police and namor and
0: spider-man retreat to their homes okay yeah the frightful four could have killed them and spider-man even taunts them for not killing him speaking of being dumb eddie tell the listeners what happens next peter feels terrible and
1: decides the only person You know, I should be clear here. Peter feels terrible, like he just doesn't feel well, sickly and such, and decides the only person who can help him is Debbie Whitman. He heads to her place. She heals him, cooks for him, and watches over him. Despite her incredible generosity, Peter treats her like garbage and leaves.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so bad, readers. (laughs) Atrocious. Listeners, you have no idea how bad this is. At least when Peter is in a relationship with other women, it goes like up and down and it's sometimes unpredictable. But, boy, this is so one-sided. He is so horrible to her all the time. It's so fascinating to me. When the main protagonist is so flawed, and as the reader, you can't do anything about it. He's just terrible. Yeah, speaking of flawed heroes, Eddie. At the
1: bottom of the sea, Namor can't figure out what's wrong with him, and we get a one-panel backstory of Lelyra and his relationship. Uh, This is the length and illustration, and telling of a backstory should be an amazing Spider-Man, everyone. Good job, Denny O'Neill. After exploiting Debbie's kindness... Spider-Man swings to his beautiful neighbor's hotel room to check on her. Without his Spider-Sense, he doesn't see the Sandman there to give him a big punch in the head. The Frightful Four plus Lilira tie
0: up Spidey. Yeah, we gotta talk about this. You said without his Spider-Sense. When he got shot with the gun at the end of last issue, his Spider-Sense was taken from him and was transported into Namor, correct?
1: That is correct.
0: And Namor is suffering because the spider sense in him, it doesn't gel with him the same way, so it's like painful to him. Yeah. So they took something good from Spider-Man, gave it to Namor, but it's a painful thing to Namor. Okay, just making sure we clear that up for the listener, Eddie, since the girl, the brunette, is gone and this LeLyra is here, this is where I start to wonder, (laughs) is this brunette girl just LeLyra in disguise? But... If that was the case, when the Submariner showed up last issue and he looked and he said, I should have known you would appear hence. And Spider-Man asked, like, who would appear hence? Who is she? He says that. Namor should have said, I see you dropped your disguise or something like that. This is getting a little bit of like, they're trying to trick the readers and have the characters not really explain what they know. I'm not really a fan of it, but Eddie, just finish this one up so everybody knows what's going on for sure. The wizard attaches an anti-gravity disc to Spidey, he's
1: tied up, and uh, up Spidey goes to his death. (laughs) No, Namor flies up and saves him. Reed Richards fixes the hero's superpowers, and when Spidey once again returns to see his beautiful neighbor, she tries to kill him. It's Lelyra in disguise. Thankfully, Namor flies through the window and lands a right hook. (laughs) Spuddy swings off, realizing what a jerk he was to Debbie. So, uh, did Lil' Ira know where Peter lived? Did did she know he was Spider-Man? It really seems like she did.
0: Uh, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. But when she came in, she because she wanted to watch an hour long show about Rikers Island, yeah, which was interrupted by the flooding and the prison break. So she was watching that because she wanted to see what was going on with the the crime that she was committing. <laughs> that uh, yeah, that
1: part threw me off. For some reason, I thought the Rikers Island break was happening like concurrently, like live on TV. I, <laughs> I got a little confused. I was like, wait, I thought yeah. I knew it was going to happen here, but is this? Really? Two different people?
0: It wasn't yeah, it wasn't completely clear. I agree. How
1: did she know to move in the apartment next door? Like why did she do that?
0: I, I This is sort of the same way that Flash happened to live next to Mineworm worm in the same apartment complex. I think it's well, just one of those like coincidence. I, things.
1: I, I know we know that the wizard tagged Spider-Man somehow and like traced him back to that apartment building. You remember like a few issues whenever they were around last time.
0: Uh, I kind of ignored the
1: tracer whenever I can. They make crazy. <laughs> so that's why the wizard had that apartment roof like burst into flames. Like that's the, you know, where the is oh, safe. Right. Okay. So like the wizard oh. had an inkling, it would not have taken much work to figure out where Spider... All he had to do was, like, he was on the roof next door, like, camp out for a couple days. Where's Spider-Man? I see him. Oh, he's going into that window. <laughs> so th- that's why I feel like Lil knew it. Why go through all the smoke and mirrors if, you know,
0: a thousand ways to seduce Peter Parker. All, right. all right, we get the idea. <laughs> there, there's, we're, we're, we're nitpicking our 1981 book I again. know, well... It's, continuity. It's, continuity! Yeah, our, I'm sure the 12-year-old version of me didn't care <laughs> just happy to see little ira right <laughs> that's right <laughs> who is by the way uh what is she purple i don't have the book she's
1: green and she has she's kind green. of it looks like she has like a green flame as hair too it's pretty intense actually
0: so what, ha- wait, what happens at the end of the book Is she? is she captured <laughs> does he kill her revenge <laughs> <The advantage, sighs> thanks for you killed mike you killed namor. My...
1: I, namor takes her away right i think that's and what happens
0: and was her goal just to... Did she want to be a part of the Frightful Four? <laughs> why, is she this, why is she in this book?
1: I don't know. Why did she... It was unclear. It's like she was after Spider-Man, but why did she have any beef whatsoever with Spider-Man? Like, Namor... <laughs>
0: In fact, she had a good time with him watching the Wreckers Island show. That's I'd right. See.
1: She she should have fallen in love with Spider-Man and like married Peter Parker, and then when Namor came after, her, be like, "Save me, Spider-Man!"
0: Yeah. <laughs> you shall not marry this
1: bride hence. I, I have a bigger problem with the wizard's gun. <laughs> yeah, we already talked about this. It transferred the power to Namor, right?
0: It took it took Spider-Man's good ability out of him. And made it a negative impact on Namor. I mean, that's what we really got to focus on. Something good comes out of you, something so. bad. Okay. All right. Eddie, uh, I, before we do the next book, can you, usually you have multiple screens open. I do. Because you're like, you know. <laughs> you know Official. Big, sh- big, big <laughs> shot over there. Can you, I don't want you to see the book for this because right. I, have a, I have a game I want to play, but. I, when I play the game, I don't want you to have it open. So can you just use the regular uh, you yeah. know, the show notes that we talk about all the time in our show as if, you know, for people know what we're looking at. Great. I love games. so <laughs> All right. It'll come up in the middle. Oh, or I'll do it in the middle of the summary to break up your summary. Well, this last book is from May of 1981. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man 216 Marathon. Once again, by Denny O'Neill, Jim Mooney, and art by John Romita, Jr.
1: As Peter heads home, recently beat up by the Frightful Four, he ruminates on the ladies he's had in his life and wonders if there's room in his heart for Deborah Whitman. Impulsively, Peter heads to Greenwich Village and knocks on Debbie's door. Debbie has finally moved on. Biff Rifkin puts his arm around Debbie and gives Peter an hasta la vista, baby, as Peter suddenly walks off. <laughs> I'd love to think that Debbie was two-timing Peter here.
0: She can't two-time him because he's never, ever really going out with her. He only calls on her whenever he needs something.
1: I I hope she called up Biff when she had made sausage, eggs, and all that food for him. And he just walked
0: off in that last book. It was like, come over, Biff. I made you breakfast. (laughs) I didn't know she was anybody in Peter's world. And now I think of her as, like, so prominent, a almost girlfriend of his. Like, I can't wait to get in a conversation with somebody and be like, you know... Peter Parker's life. let not forget about Deborah she, Whitman. You know what I mean?
1: I, I'm almost sure she, like, appears in a vision with, you know, Gwen Stacy, MJ, and uh, Liz Allen. Or,
0: yeah. I saw her on the cover of a book in Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. That's a big deal. It it's, is. You don't it's get true. no Sissy Ironwood covers, you know what I'm saying?
1: <laughs> well, with his bum ankle bothering him... Peter heads to the emergency room where he overhears two guys talking about killing someone who thought they could win some race. Peter realizes the killing could take place at the New York Marathon being run that day. He calls up Madam Webb for some help, but she doesn't have answers, but promises to call him back if she does. So Peter swings over to chaperone the race. He saves a lot of people from mundane accidents occurring along the race route. And then it says in the
0: notes, there's a James B game, Eddie. You ready? I love games. Okay, Eddie, you just said to the listeners that he saves a lot of people from mundane accidents occurring along the race route. Well, that is true. He does. I took the time and wrote down the six people that Spider-Man interacts with along the way. How many of them can you remember? Oh, I'm so glad you've called upon my knowledge from
1: easily... My least favorite part of everything we're doing today. All right, all right. I can do this. I know there's two painters on, like, a painting thing,
0: right? Keep going, Eddie. Share all the other people. There's a... There's a
1: uh, there's like
0: a, This
1: is not where he, like, fixes an accident on a bridge.
0: <laughs> there, there, This is where he fixes an accident on a bridge. Oh, thank goodness.
1: Okay, good. And then there's, like, a, a guy running... He has some problem with his leg or something like that. And he swings down and helps him. Oh, my. I don't know if I can even get three, James B. (laughs) Okay. I really was like, flip, flip, (laughs) flip.
0: Got it. Well, there's a drunk driver in the beginning. Oh, that's right. Careening towards the racers. Right. And he he stops a drunk driver. And then the crowd of racers push a guy in a wheelchair who's in the race to the edge and the wheelchair guy falls off and Spider-Man <laughs> catches him then there's a guy that has like a big gun running down the street and Spider-Man <laughs> flies in and sorry to ruin your Sunday chuckles but you're not going to collect your blood money and he grabs the guy I think he kicks him in the face and then grabs him <laughs> but the, it's not a gun do you remember this part?
1: vaguely I, it's I a, honestly it's I was a like ban- what's going it's on? it's a banjo
0: Oh, that's right! Yes, it's in a case, yes. Now, what you thought might have been the guy's painting, but there's a bunch of kids watching from a fire escape. Here they come, here comes the (laughs) marathon, And the fire escape falls, and Spider-Man catches them. Okay. Then there's a guy who has a heart attack, and Spider-Man happens to notice in the middle of the marathon one guy having a heart attack. (laughs) So he he snags him with his web and, and drags him as well. And meanwhile, the phone's ringing the whole time. Madam Webb's like, "I right. got some news from."
1: Yeah, and there's also
0: a pickpocket criminal out there, and Spider-Man stops him along the way too. But none of those guys oh, are man. what he was looking for. He doesn't save well, anybody from the in the in the race. You know,
1: I am totally unembarrassed by not knowing any of that, pretty much, because <laughs> I started reading a little bit. I'm like, okay, all right, we get the idea. And then I flipped the page, and I was like, wow. What? We're still trailing the runners here? Okay, all right, Flip.
0: Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) This is what I see the most... Pick up the phone! Yeah, no kidding. Well, Eddie, you can tell them about the phone now. Suddenly,
1: Peter gets a phone call. It's been happening, actually, all over the place. And Madam Web tells him that the criminals are trying to assassinate the congressman uh, at his rally. Spidey arrives at the rally just in time to push an empty water tower. on The goons
0: attempted the assassination and he saves the day. Okay. He doesn't save the day. Madam Webb saves the day. I mean, he's Mr. Call all day long. He barely answers the phone. So I'm just saying. It's
1: true. He's kind of. He doesn't. He doesn't. He could have he taken could have the call. Up the phone
0: he could have anything. taken the call at the very beginning of the race, but all those people would have been in trouble, too. Ma- Madam Webb didn't. So
1: push a barrel over like she required him to push the barrel over she
0: calls him and she's like hey the guy winning some race is a congressman running for congress it's not like a guy in the marathon
1: i i just is madam webb gonna be around like from now on whenever peter's like how do i
0: solve this mystery things call, that annoy me call madam the Web. spider tracers calling madam webb and whenever Spider Man lets everybody know that he has the proportional strength of a spider. <laughs> spider tracer I huh? you're gonna you'll be real happy in the future, James B. Oh my god. <laughs> in our next podcast I've already i I've already looked ahead. He also does four times, he tells people that he's a proportional strength of a spider, by the way. Does he say that this book that many times? Is... He does it in our next in our next set of books. Oh, he does man. it like almost every book. He even plays possum once. But not in this last book here of this amazing spider man. I think those are special uh, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Mans. So, hey, I thought this was one of the more interesting things we needed here. But seeing, between that and the Debbie Whitman, there really isn't much else to this book.
1: That's it. We uh, Treading water the entire time. I had nothing else other than... I mean, I'm fine with
0: Madam Web showing up more often and helping him out with these ding-dong mysteries. Well, I got something I can help you out with, Eddie. And that's our sponsor for today's episode. Oh, really? Okay. Eddie, have you ever wished... Mm-hmm there was a gun that would transfer abilities from one person to another? Uh, For the sake of a thought experiment, let's say yes. (laughs) Okay, well, someone with a lot of time on her hands and no purpose in life, uh, Lyra uh, has quickly modeled a gun to steal a good ability and cause it to, you know, hinder an ally of yours. Uh, Currently, the weapon has three settings to use on your foes. Now, these are what they are, Eddie. Tell us how valuable these things could be before you poo poo this away for your thought yes, experiment. Yes, sir. Eddie, you can steal someone's ability to be ambidextrous from them, and you can put it into someone else, and they will constantly feel that annoying feeling like when someone drags their hand on a chalkboard. You could also steal someone's ability to not be ticklish. Hey, I'm not ticklish. Oh, now I am. And they could be ticklish again. And uh, the recipient of that will become very sweaty, even in a cold room. The final uh, setting that they've worked on, and this is definitely the one I'm most interested in, you can take someone who's not afraid of heights and make them afraid again, and the recipient of this ability pushed into them will have a lot of earwax buildup. <laughs> so the Lyra 8.5 model is available right now at Sam's Club, BJ's Warehouse, and the Old Abandoned Warehouse as well. So Eddie, as much as you didn't really find yourself that interested in this, do you think there's any use for such a
1: gun no i've been sitting here looking at every object on my desk and sadly there's quite a few of them i'm thinking this broken violin rosin is probably more useful than a gun that transfers some massing of earwax into someone else's ear
0: nope that's not how it works (laughs) it takes a useful ability from someone and gives the recipient instead of that ability some negative ability.
1: Oh, no, I see. Okay. All right. Sorry. Like, can
0: you carry a tune?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so.
0: I hope so. All right. So, so perhaps it, the, the new setting that could work on this gun would be they'd shoot it at you and, be and you, and then you, it steals your ability away so you can no longer carry a tune. See what I'm happy saying? Birthday, and when they shoot it to some. You, happy
1: birthday. Right. You. But
0: when they shoot it into someone else, <laughs> they might have like post nasal drip for like the next week. <laughs> Because you don't get your ability, apparently. Oh, no. Right? Like, Namor didn't get Spider-Man Spider-Sense. He just just got, like, a migraine or something. And he got angry at
1: a scientist, but they couldn't
0: help him, too. he was like, what
1: what do you mean you can't solve this problem?
0: Did we even discuss if they've actually solved the problem? Did they undo it? No. I still still suffer from
1: this. That was one of my extra things in my notes was, like, okay, they got shot by the gun, and then... Well, Reed Richards gets transfers it back, right? I guess. Oh he does fix the problem. Oh yeah. If Reed Richards fixes it. I forgot about that. All right. Never mind.
0: <laughs> perhaps I'll edit that out, perhaps I'll leave yeah. it. <laughs> All right, Eddie, we can uh, I think we can wrap this thing up unless you got something you want to talk about specifically about any book.
1: Um maybe after the maybe after the music, James B. All
0: right. Sounds good. Eddie? How can people reach us?
1: Email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at Let's Read Spidey. I'm James B. joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, if you meet a beautiful
0: woman, she might be a vengeful underwater enchantress bent on assembling a supervillain team trying to destroy, I mean, conquer. Uh, wait, what was Valera doing this for again? Goodbye. Bye. Who knows what that girl is doing? Why? That was a good point you brought up. You brought that up. I hadn't really thought about Why that. Why was she purpose? doing all?
1: She's been around forever to assembling the frightful four
0: just to like. The wizard is like, I need you to help get my guys out. Right. Okay. Okay. So we know what he. We know his purpose, and the guys that are trying to escape. We know their purpose. Yeah, they're just trying to get. They're chilling. They're ready. They're in their costumes. <laughs> Even though these are really the Fantastic Four's enemies, right? I don't know why they're in this book. We've just we just had them the other day in Fantastic Four. Yeah, and they like two eighteen. They like there.
1: cleanly transferred them into Fantastic Four land after that too.
0: And then they seem to be back again. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there.
1: When I see these guys in their jail cells. Just in full costume. I I know we see, like, costume characters all the time in our books, right? But I I just, I think of, like, Pacebot Pete, like, mowing his lawn. (laughs) Right. You know, like, having, like, a glass of sherry after a long day.
0: I will will (laughs) say this. I don't think either one of these villains' costumes are pertinent to their abilities. No, they
1: don't have to have them on at all.
0: No, the opposite. I'm saying, I don't think these costumes give them any advantage. Oh, well sandman can well, turn yeah. to sand with or without his costume
1: that's what I'm, well that's what i'm also saying don't they shouldn't have him on in their jail cells there's
0: should be but like, i'm saying who they who cares like the scorpion though you don't give him his costume oh. because he has a tail built into it you know what i mean but
1: it's like I giving get, the goblin well, glider. now hold on a minute this is prior sure, prior to the last iteration we saw of the scorpion his tail did not do anything i thought Oh no! It would. Well, he boing at least could swing away. it. He couldn't oh, shoot right. he lasers, couldn't shoot from, lasers it. from it. He could swing it. He could, swing he could it. boing around like Tigger, too. I forgot about that.
0: He would like, bing! Right, and like the vulture has his wings to fly. Right. Right? The rhino has a horn on his head. I mean, but I'm saying, it's not like Pace Pot Pete's costume comes so are like,
1: yeah, you like, know, Yeah, Pace Pot Pete. You can just like, if you want to wear your purple suit today, go ahead. It's okay.
0: <laughs> I like how we're already calling him Pace Pot Pete. Again
1: <laughs> Poor guy so